Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL Show Instant Reaction Podcast. My name is Shane Brennan and thank you very much for joining me. And when I say this is an instant reaction, I literally mean instant reaction because as we were recording this, the, the Cowboys have just come up short against the Eagles. So joining me to analyze all the things that's happened throughout a fantastic weekend of NFL football is Dan McLaughlin uh, who, uh, from Gridiron. Gentlemen, Dan, how are you feeling after watching today's action? It's been a great day. It's been a complete day as well. So it's... I am enjoying the international series run where we get obviously four slots of games in a day. And today has just been just pretty epic all throughout. There's been a lot of one score games really coming down to the wire. And there's been some heroic performances to talk about as well. So very excited about getting into this. Yeah, it's just from from start to finish, like you were mentioning with the game in, in Germany this morning, it's been incredible. But as we're recording this, it is just before Sunday Night Football, we've just watched the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys in the battle for NFC East supremacy. And once again, the Philadelphia Eagles have maybe not played in the best game they've ever played, but once again, they found a way to eke out a, a small win. And this is certainly the case. Uh, later on, the Dallas Cowboys had a chance to have the ball with 40-something seconds left. They were within 10 yards. Didn't manage to, to get the ball over the line as they took a couple of sacks. And even earlier on, the, uh, they were within inches of getting a touchdown. It was just... If you're a Cowboys fan and you were really banking on a win in Philadelphia today, it's it's truly it's heartbreaking. If you're a Cowboys fan, you've probably seen this before, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of like the hallmarks of a classic Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, just coming up short performance, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, the Eagles defense really took over in this one. Uh, Jalen Hurts seemed to be injured throughout most of it. He limped on at the second half. And, and you know, he performed, still played very, very well. But I think the stars were the cow- the, the Eagles defense, sorry, in the second half of this game really stepped up and just slowed the Cowboys down as they they did manage to come back into it. A um, couple of big performances from Cowboys receivers as well, not named C.D. Lamb, so that is always good. Um, in general, uh, this game is awesome. Just like the NFC East is a powerhouse at the moment with these two teams who are possibly the two best teams in the NFC at the moment. Sorry, Niners fans, uh, as I step away back with... When you when you don't lose three games in a row, you can we can we can have another conversation about it. But currently, I think though these are the two best teams in the NFC, and it felt like it felt like an NFC Championship game. Like I had a real vibe of that with the the way that you looked at the sideline and you're looking at what they needed, and you're looking at what they could possibly do on fourth down, and when they're going to start going for it on fourth down and go for two. And it just generally had a real feel of like these two teams are possibly the two teams we'll see. Uh, uh, vying for the Super Bowl at least and and it really really exciting game yeah but even earlier on when we were watching the Eagles offense in particular they had to rely on the touch push uh, earlier on a few times when they couldn't yeah. quite uh, get the get the yardage and I don't know I think I think that there's a, there's a feeling that this Eagles team you know defensively they've really mm. become a very bend or don't break and offensively they've become just getting enough done but at yeah. some point I know they've already lost to the Jets but at some point they're going to have to Someone's going to have to to properly take them down and give them a, a, a two score kicking because at the Dallas Cowboys, uh, I think a couple of you know talk about game of inches. There was hmm. like I mentioned in the fourth quarter, and I think in the fourth quarter, yeah. um, there was that drive which on fourth and goal they were an inch away from getting it over. They went they tried to go for a two point conversion. I couldn't get it because Dak Prescott's right foot went out when he was a yard before the goal line, and then at the end they're ten yards away. They were a bit sloppy. They ended up they. Uh, a couple of false starts um, and just bad offensive line play meant that pe- uh, defenders got to Dak Prescott and they yeah. weren't able to, to finish off the win. I mean, 
once the Eagles come across against somebody who's genuinely ruthless from start to finish, I think they're they're due um, a bigger defeat than this. And when you're looking to who's going to give them a defeat like that, I think a return game in Dallas in a few weeks' time is going to be huge because if it's anything like, like it was today, it's a proper slugfest, as we can always expect from the NFC East. Yeah, there, there was there was no love lost in this one either. They, they did seem to be going at each other quite heftily in this one. The, also worth mentioning, Game of Inches, the um, catch from, I think it was Jake Ferguson on the line. And he was like, uh, what, a foot away from crossing the line? He catches the ball, gets his knee down just before the ball crosses the line. And it, it they, they, they reviewed it and it looked like it was about, a, a, probably must have been about half a foot away or something. So what the Cowboys were, in all respects, uh, probably a total of about two feet away from winning this game. So it, it great performance from both sides. And as you say, when they get to Jerry World next week or a couple of weeks' time, then that might be a different matter. And hopefully Jalen Hurts is healthy. But uh, they, they managed to lean on some other aspects of the game to other aspects of this team to 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 get them through. Uh, Dallas got it going down and Jibs not great as well. He's vitally important for this team. So, yeah. Yeah, when we look at the Cowboys, we look at their 5-3 and three record and look at one of the teams that beat them was, with the, sorry, one of the, the guys that beat them was, of course, Josh Jobs when he was at the Cardinals, but now he is filling in for Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings and had probably the most fairy tale victory uh, for the Vikings today. I mean, you are paying a little bit closer att- attention to it than I was, mm. but they managed to put out a, a 31-28 to 28 victory in Atlanta. Uh, you know, Joshua Dobbs was, you know, he only arrived in the building on Tuesday. I don't even know if he's any reps with this team. And he's led an absolutely brilliant offense. On a day, it's worth mentioning that Arizona scored zero points. So it's, it's quite obvious that, you know, Josh Dobbs has landed in, in Minnesota and has become uh, a hero incredibly quickly. Yeah. Like, you look at the stats and they're pretty average, but then you look at the stats for someone that's been in the building for less than a week and you think 20 for 30, 158 yards, someone who had to come in for Jaron Hall fairly early on in the game and just start playing as their quarterback. And not just that, but then go on to lead them to a 31-28 victory as their quarterback. You saw them on the sidelines um, with O'Connell, and he was just, like, taking him through the reps. You could see him, like, no, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go out there. You made a mistake. This mistake last time. Don't do that this time. You could see Josh Dobbs just kind of go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, like, fist bump, goes out there, and then moves the ball down the field. It was... There's another quarterback that had a better performance this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in a bit. But this was for me just one of those, like, as you say, fairy tale, and it's just one of those performances that we should be talking about. Josh Dobbs has done; he's made mistakes in Arizona. There's no denying that, but generally he's performed when he's been asked to, and he's done a really good job both in Arizona and today for the Vikings. And if you're the Falcons, who are meant to be one of the higher-powered offenses in the league, who managed to put up 28 points against the Vikings. You've got to be wondering what they're doing in Minnesota that means that without their number one receiver, arguably the number one receiver in the league, and their starting quarterback, how they're still managing to put up 31 points against this team uh, when their Falcons can't even figure out which of their two quarterbacks is slightly worse than the other one. And it's concerning. It must be concerning for 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 Smith to, to see this going on. And Hopefully it means Josh Dobbs will perform well for the Vikings. I say hopefully as a Bears fan where it's like, <laughs> it was nice seeing Josh Dobbs do well. Yeah, it, it, the Vikings it, it, do well. Nice being beat up on somebody else. But when they come to play, yes. it, please just have a bad game again. But, exactly. But, no, I mean, it's worth shouting out Josh Dobbs. I mean, not only was he, uh, was he solid on passing, didn't make any mistakes. You have to remember as well that the winning score 
was a drive he led that was a touchdown with 22 seconds remaining in the game. The amount of trust you need in your guys to be able to do that, the amount of, there, there is chemistry that teams who have been working together constantly for the last two or three years mm-hmm. can't get. This guy's in, in the building on Tuesday and he's got it. And as well as that, he added a, a kind of rushing sense to the Vikings offense, which I haven't had before. And if this is what they come up with whilst making up on the spot, I hope that Kevin O'Connell and, and the guys can come up with something properly good once they actually have, have time to to draw up a plan. But you mentioned there that you are a Bears fan. And of course, I think it's worth mentioning the fact that they played one of the uh, more keenly contested games uh, in today where they went to New Orleans and they lost 24-17. to Tyson Bajant throwing three interceptions, which I think took the wind out of the Chicago Bears. I mean, it's the season keeps hopping between hope and you know, this is this is what we can do, but we just don't manage to find a way to do it for the Bears. And I think that was the same uh, same story here in New Orleans. Yeah, so it's 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 one of the it's a weird one because Bajan, and it's not just me saying this because I am at a point as a Chicago Bears fan where I'm happy to watch from the outside. Uh, and I said on on our Discord today that I support two things in the NFL, and that is the Chicago Bears and now Josh Dobbs. Um, <laughs> And um, one of them is vitally disappointing and one of them is uh, Josh Dobbs. So I, I look at the Chicago Bears season from kind of from the outside and it was interesting seeing Badgen come in and, and do what he did against the Raiders. That, that was fantastic. But the, the general consensus seems to be, and this is from me as well, that Badgen actually played reasonably well today and made some mistakes. What for me he looked like was a great backup and I can't wait to see him in that role again. But um, we kind of threw away this game with the inceptions. It, it just felt a bit lackluster. And some of it comes down to coaching, and that shouldn't be a problem by the end of the season, I'd imagine. But also the fact that Bajan is a backup. There, there is, there's no question there. Whether Fields is meant to be the starter, I, I couldn't tell you. But anyone that thought he was going to come in and just light the seam on fire probably hasn't been paying attention to the Chicago Bears quarterback situation from the last 60 years. So it's um, it's it's one of those things that great as a backup, but then we need to figure out who's going to be the starter. For me, it's probably still Fields. I think Fields probably still deserves a decent crack at it. But uh, in general, the offense is moving though. Like Deontay Foreman should have been the starting running back all along. He's been outstanding since he's come in. Um, and Darnell Mooney got some catches in this one as well, which is nice to see. But uh, the the uh, the Saints, I mean, still kind of look like the Saints. I don't think they can take too much away from this. Like the dual threat of Carr and Taysom Hill seems to be uh, becoming not quite 50-50 but it's definitely becoming more evenly split like Taysom Hill definitely seems to be in more than, than he, had, he was the last few games so it's it, it's interesting to see and I, I can't imagine the Saints are going to take this win and, and use it to build on uh, on a Super Bowl run but uh, they could probably feel pretty good that Derek Carr wasn't shouting at the sidelines for wide receivers to catch passes that were 20 foot in the air so it's it, that's that's at least a plus yeah, look, in the NFL, if you take a win, you take a win. It doesn't matter how you get it. And I think that's the way the Saints will be looking at this one, whether they uh, were particularly well tested is, is another question. But when we look at it, we were talking earlier, of course, the, the big talking point, particularly from us in a European standpoint, was the AFC top matchup between the, the Chiefs and the Dolphins, which the Chiefs right at winners. Mm-hmm. But of course, the other big talking point in terms of the AFC is how well the Baltimore Ravens have been doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I, sorry, before I, before this this game, I looked at this and I said, this is a game that has a Ravens 
hammering written all over. Because I, I, I personally think that the Seahawks aren't as good as their record was coming into this game. And the Ravens at Howard is particularly potent. And of course, we see that today with how brilliant they were. I mean, Lamar Jackson, once again, 21 for 26 on passing. He doesn't, I think since the, that game in, in Pittsburgh when they messed up, or so when, when a lot of uh, receivers had dropped mm. one, he's become a lot, they've become a lot better at keeping the ball when, they're, when they are passing the air. And a 37-3 win, huge, huge win for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it really shows how good this team are and a team, a force to be reckoned with, with for anybody in the AFC. Yeah. I, I The one thing I liked about this performance was he's never going to sign its critics in terms of his, his passing ability. That's just never going to happen. They'll argue that his receivers were suddenly getting open if he suddenly has like a 5,000-yard season. But he, he had a great game here. He He ran the ball a ton, but also... He spread the ball around, and the first time we saw Zay Flowers catch one pass in this one, um, he spread the ball to like, I mean, obviously Mark Andrews is going to get his nine receptions, but then Odell Beckham, Isaiah Likely, Rashad Bateman, all fairly evenly caught passes in this one as well. So the more multi-layered that Lamar Jackson get, the more dangerous he is, and that seems to be picking up throughout the season. Uh, Keaton Mitchell is a player that has been spoken about very rarely so far. He picks up 138 yards in this one. Um, and once again, where the Ravens kind of have injuries, they're very good at filling the gaps with players that kind of come up through the ranks. And then you have to think that must come down to training at some point as well. Like they must be very good at training players. And sometimes it just takes players when there's a gap that appears through injury. Um, it, it must take a while for them to come and, and come to the forefront. But yeah, a great performance from Lamar Jackson. I kind of agree with the Seahawks. Uh, I think they've got some great pieces. I just don't think it's a complete team yet. I think Gino's still pretty good, though. So hopefully we'll see him return to form. Uh, but yeah, Lamar Jackson, surely, I don't know. Do you reckon he's the front runner for MVP at the moment? I don't really see who else is. I mean, as much as obviously we, we talk a lot about, you know, Pat Mahomes and mm. uh, I, I, the way we were talking about Christian McCaffrey at some point. And, mm. you know, it's I, I, I think Lamar Jackson is far and ahead. Uh, as it stands of course there's a lot of the season left I mean the Ravens have a, a tremendously difficult uh, schedule to the rest of the season play Browns Bengals Chargers uh, 49ers Finns and Steelers before they finish I mean that's there's a lot of ways to slip up and of course with Lamar Jackson it's whether or not he'd be healthy for the entire season I really hope that he is for the sake of the league and for the sake of us being able to watch a tremendous player be uh, do his thing under the lights and I'm going to move on now to something which uh, I, is a little bit more depressing from my point of view is how the Patriots played. Um, look, I mean, it's we're, we're obviously I'm, I'm, we're very much looking forward to the game in Germany next week between the Patriots and the Colts, and the Colts managed to get a win and the Patriots didn't. And I think this is a, a somewhat surprising loss, I think, from the Patriots' point of view because the Commanders lost two of their best defensive players to trades during the week. So when you're, you know, if you're Mac Jones, if you're uh, the Patriots' offense sitting making plans you're like the commanders at home yeah we can have this we can take this but sure enough they're 10-0 down earlier on in the second half I mean it, it was we list out the the plays that Patriots had it was punt 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 and then interception at the end when uh, when we needed Mac Jones to, to, to try and lead a charge somewhat like he did against the Bills and I understand after after beating the Bills this is a great sort of it was the, the signature win that Mac Jones needed to try and rebuild momentum and cement his slot as a New England Patriots quarterback. But, you know, it's it's really has become the exception rather than the rule in terms of the ability 
to for the offense to really click. Defensively, I don't really see too much of a problem. I mean, I know that we conceded 20 points to the commanders, but I don't really think that's the reason why we're losing all of these games as a you know, from a Patriots perspective. Uh it's the offense, they're they're going for deep balls with with wide receivers that can't get it get open there. Um I know they're not communicating great. The run game actually worked pretty well today. I know Ramondre Stevenson got a got a, a really good rushing touchdown, which is I, I know probably bumps up his uh his yardage count for the day, but it was it was a really well worked play and the blockers worked uh on that touchdown for the Pats, but it just feels like everything that the Patriots build over the last twenty years is just falling piece by piece by piece by piece. And rock bottom is another season away. That's what it feels like sitting watching uh all of this happening at the moment. Do you, think, do you think the Patriots have it in them to do what the Cards have done, for example, or what or what uh, a lot of the teams are doing, which is the the studs up rebuild, which is the break it all down and start again? But it, it, not with Be- not with Belichick there, I don't think. No, I don't. I mean, if, if if you're gonna start a rebuild, if if you're gonna go for the complete rebuild style, it is organizational change. It's not just what's on the field because we've already tried two different quarterbacks, and the chances are we're gonna move on to another one. And if they're gonna Personally, I prefer to move on to someone who is a veteran to try and build up the rest of the team rather than trying mm. to trade a quarterback and everybody else on the offense. But you know, we don't know what what way that um, that's going to work out because Mac Jones was the the person to to build the offense around when the defense was still pretty good. We just needed to to kick, kick to start the offense after the failed uh, experiment with Cam Newton. So. That that's what that was meant to be, and he was a pretty good pick coming out of college. And I don't, and unless there's a really high, and I know the the draft class of quarterbacks coming up now is really good for, you know, if you for you use your first round pick on, but I really don't see the Patriots basically doing the same thing again and going for a first round pick and trying to build up with a new guy from the start. No, I didn't see either. Yeah, I, 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 there needs to be. If if it is going to be a full rebuild, it needs to be coaching change and player change. And I don't know whether the only reason the only way it's going to happen is if Bill Belichick decides I want to walk away because he he won't get fired, and nor will he get fired. And nor sorry, nor should he get fired. He's mm-hmm. I, I, there's too much respect, and you know, a, again, defensive side of the ball, which is Belichick's forte more than the offense, as we know, that's not the problem. I I don't see that that being problematic personally. Offensively, it's atrocious and it is almost every week so i don't know just wonder if someone needs to tell him to just be like we can't fire you bill there's no way around that however here's the 35 year old offensive coordinator uh who's who's shared a coffee with sean mcveigh at one point so uh he's he, he's now he's now your offensive coordinator it's just like I, I wonder if that's what they need they just need someone to go this is great. Can you stop building back, bringing back Bill O'Brien or getting old defensive coordinators to try and run this offense? And yeah, yeah and just just someone that they can just say, look, take control of the offense, do whatever you need to do. Uh, let me know what personnel you need, that kind of thing. With Bill overseeing it at the same time, it, it, it's an interesting situation because it's they bring in players, but they never seem to bring in players that move the needle much. Like they've drafted surprisingly well outside of Mac Jones, arguably. Like in terms of some of the players, like Carl Duggar is one of the better uh, defensive backs in the league. He, he's he's been excellent. Um, and in this one, Juju Smith-Schuster had, actually had a pretty good game, bar a couple of drops, which is very much Juju Smith-Schuster's remit, yeah. isn't it? So, um, 
I, I just in general, I thought they they didn't play awfully. I think that where I mean they didn't get sacked, so obviously the lack of pass rush had some issue was some issue for uh, the Washington Commanders. But the coverage was really good for the Commanders in this game. And if you haven't got receivers that can like separate, which they don't ever seem to have, then that is a problem for the Patriots, uh, especially against Sam Howell, who just roll a dice and see what he rolls in this one and see that's how well he's going to play uh, in this game. He played very well in this one. So, yeah, it, it re- no. really weird performance. Sorry, carry on. So, so yeah, no, you, you're right. I, sorry, I don't want to take anything away from Sam Howell. What, 325 yards is uh, pretty good going. And Brian Robinson had a lot of uh, carries as well. I mean, the commanders did uh, did pretty well and they had a good start. And, you know, they would say a good start is half the work. I mean, if you leave a team chasing you, Especially in a with a home crowd that can get on your back like a, like the like they could do in Boston, um, you know that's then you 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 have the game in your hands and that's exactly what the Commanders did. And for Houston, they they did a good job. If we before we move on to I think the start of the day is just quickly mention the Colts because of course we're looking ahead to next week's game in in Germany, which uh, the Colts, unlike the Patriots, are going in after winning. They're now four and five after beating the Carolina Panthers by. The score of 27 to 13. Gardner Minshew did a pretty good job today. And Bryce Young, unfortunately, had to throw three interceptions. You were keeping an eye on this game. Yeah. Do you, was this the case of the Colts winning the game or did the Panthers lose it? Um, I mean, it's a bit of both. The Colts took the opportunities when they arose, I think. Um, Bryce Young turned the ball over several times and, and the Colts were very good at capitalizing on it. But the, the thing for me that, that, that struck me was how dynamic the Colts looked in the first half. And how the Panthers just didn't have an answer for what they were doing. Panthers come out in the second half, this long, slow, laborious drive, which I quite liked. I thought that was quite a nice uh, way of doing it, which was, we're not going to come out, we're not going to panic, we're not going to try and throw the ball 60 yards into the other team's hands. They came out and they must have run uh, run straight up the middle like three, four times in a row. It was working, it was moving the chains slowly, but it was moving the chains. So even at 20, 20 points down, they were like, right, we can still do this. We just need to get back in the game. And they got themselves back in the game and then started to panic after then and then put the ball in Bryce Young's hands a bit too much. And it's a lot of pressure on this poor kid to 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 go in. Poor kid. I, I say that as a 41-year-old man. And <laughs> I, I get it. I, I feel like I'm allowed to say that when he's half my age. But um, it's it's a lot of pressure. They asked him to throw the ball 39 times, which is a lot for a rookie. And I think... Um, they they had it for a while, which is Chiba Howard's moving the ball pretty well. Miles Sanders was moving the ball pretty well in this game as well. Lean on the run game, and when opportunities arise to throw the ball, then then you go for it. Um, but then after then, it's kind of they started to panic, and it kind of fell apart a bit. Even though the Colts didn't really score until the fourth quarter again, so if they'd have just kept calm and just kind of like carried on their game plan of. Right, so we're just going to run, we're going to run, we're going to run. We're going to lean on the run game because it seems to be working at least. Um, then I think they might have stood a better chance of actually taking home uh, a victory here. But the, the Colts were in control of most of this game, just barring one drive <laughs> coming out of the second half. So, yeah. Well, fair play to the Colts, and it's a, it's a big win in the, in the race for the AFC South. And we're talking about the, the lot of pressure put on a rookie, I think, in, in Carolina. But of course, I, I think the real star of the day is the rookie that has just been playing fantastically over in with the Houston Texans. And uh, it's, I, I thought there's been a lot of games where this year where the Texans should have won, 
I felt, yeah. and CJ Stroud has been playing excellent, and the offense has been playing excellent, but the defense has just been not being able to stand up. And I thought that was the exact same thing that's going to happen here. But scoring drive came. CJ Stroud passed for 470 yards and five touchdowns. 470 yards, by the way, is a record, an um, NFL record for a rookie. Mm. Incredible performance. And to be able to to lead to uh, a 15-yard pass that um, that won the game with six seconds left uh, shortly after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored what they would have thought was the, the winning touchdown uh, with 46 seconds left to secure a 39-37 to win. That is steel and that is huge for the confidence that Texans fans are going to have in their future quarterback. Fair enough, they need to do a lot of work on defense. But to get your quarterback right, is huge and it's great to see CJ Stroud uh, feeling or starring in what was a brilliant show between the Texans and the Buccaneers. I just, I just looked it up now. I was curious. The up until today, the Tampa Buccaneers allowed eight passing touchdowns, um, and they allowed five in, in one game here. Um, and I think it, that should like an exclamation mark on how good this performance was from CJ Stroud. I, I put that he has been playing really well all season, just consistently really, really well, really good play. And even though he has probably looked like the rookie of the year all year, this was his breakout game. And it was a heck of a breakout game. He just took control of this game. Looked unstoppable. Noah Brown, Nico Collins and Tank Dell looked like one of the best wide receiver trios in the league. And I didn't think I'd be saying that coming into the year. The three Noah Brown, six receptions, 153 yards. I mean, Dalton Schultz, 10 receptions, 130 yards. Tank Dell, six receptions, 114 yards. That like everyone was getting the ball in this one. CJ Stroud was passing the ball around and he looks very, very special. Uh the Texans feel like they've got a real one here. And on top of decent coaching and what looks like an improved defense as well. And admittedly, the Buccaneers gave them a game. Let's not take away from the fact that Baker Mayfield played a pretty damn good game in this one as well. Just was completely overshadowed by the rookie. Um, really, really good performance from CJ Stroud. Like, I, I don't remember a rookie looking this good. No. Um, I, I, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, obviously for him being the number two pick, it's still a pretty high pick. But, I mean, everyone's kind of talking the preseason about how impressed they were at Bryce Young. And I'm not saying that Bryce Young is doing particularly bad, but... CJ Stroud has just been remarkable in every single game he's played, and I think the Texans probably feel a bit shortchanged for the record they have. They should, you know, they've been playing better yeah. than their and their record. All right, well, that's been we pretty much rounded up as much as we can from what has been a stellar week of action. Is there anything else to cut your eye before we before we turn around and watch uh, the Bills and the Bengals battle it out? Uh, just looking now, the Giants are terrible. Uh, we had <laughs> um, another sighting of DeVito and on the flip side of it the Raiders look like a cloud's been lifted off them as well the Raiders look like they were out there having fun today and you get the feeling someone just sat them down and went go out have a good time a, a cloud that I hope doesn't start blowing over Massachusetts anytime soon <laughs> I might add New Jersey seems like a more likely landing spot by the looks of things so yeah I'll take that yeah that was a big deal yeah apart from that not so much no just decent games all around like great performances so yeah well, it's weekends like this is why we love the NFL. You cannot keep your eye off it. Uh, Dan McLaughlin, thank you very much for joining us for this week's instant reaction. And we'll be keeping an eye on uh, on everything throughout the, uh, throughout the rest of the week. Thank you.